Welcome back to Timeless Mindset. In this episode and over the next 30 minutes, we're going to dig into six ways to overcome your negative thoughts. So we're going to really dig into some thought-based ways to overcome negative thoughts, some ways to reframe our thoughts, break down some of these cognitive biases we have, and really sort of look into the ways we can almost outthink a thinking problem because a lot of the time I hear that you can't outthink a feeling problem because we feel certain ways, we feel negative, but there's such a power to changing your thoughts to change the feelings you have. And we have so many thoughts every day. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. So learning some simple yet powerful skills, some thinking skills, has such a powerful effect on the way we feel about ourselves and the way we get through situations. I was shocked to find out that 80% of our thoughts every day are negative. So more than 40,000 of our thoughts every single day are negative. It's incredible numbers. And 90% of self-talk is negative. 90%. So 9 in 10 thoughts has some sort of negative orientation. So we need to learn to be our almost our own cheerleader more often because we aren't programmed to be positive. We have to wire that into ourselves. And I think negativity, I had this really good analogy I thought of when I was driving in. Do you know when you're driving around and most of us are really aware of police cars because we're almost like fearful of, you know, being on our phone or seeing if we're um, they might catch our attention for some reason. So we, we have that awareness around that and that's how our brains are primed for negativity. So our brains are searching for negative information, things to protect us. So our brain operates like the way when we see police cars. So our thoughts are like that too. We, we're so aware of the negative things in this world and that's what we put all our attention to, just like our mind puts its attention to police cars when we're driving. Um, and the same thing for when you buy a new car and you start seeing that car everywhere. It's a phenomenon called confirmation bias. Basically, confirmation bias is where we start to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms our pre-existing beliefs. So often our thoughts can sort of reflect these inner beliefs. So I guess we can start to uncover, you know, why are we having these thoughts? Because often they're sort of secondary to the beliefs that we hold about ourselves. And that's something we'll dig into. So I think we're negatively oriented humans, so we really need to find a way to overcome these negative thoughts. And from my experiences recently, being able to be very consistent with the way I talk to myself, the way I reframe my thoughts, you can actually genuinely change the way you think and how quickly you overcome negative thoughts and get out of situations. You aren't doomed. You can break these sort of negative thought loops and you can break the patterns. Trust me, it's doable. And we're going to dig into some ways that I've done. Now, one of the most powerful ways is just realizing that thoughts are not facts and being able to call yourself out because how many times do thoughts come to our head like, oh, I'm a loser, I'm not good enough or I'm not ready. Whatever it is, we often just accept that as the fact. It's often our ego talking to us. It's often our ego trying to protect us from disappointment, from failure, from putting ourselves out there. Our ego is designed to protect us. So often we have these thoughts, this inner voice, and we almost accept that as the fact, almost as reality, like that's what we should do. Your thoughts are not facts. So you need to learn to question your inner voice. It's such a healthy way to use critical thinking to make better decisions for your life. And like I said with confirmation bias, we often have negative beliefs about ourselves 
And when we encounter difficulty, we use this these like negative thoughts as proof that we should have never begun. We constantly search for information to prove ourselves right. If we have these these fears and these beliefs deep down that we're not good enough or you know we aren't who we want to be the confirmation bias means our brains are are trying to look for information to find out that we shouldn't keep going or that we should stop or not begin whatever it is our ego our mind is looking for ways to prove ourselves right so you need to challenge your assumptions you need to challenge your beliefs you need to find evidence that contradicts these beliefs Sometimes you have to create the evidence, you know, you don't have proof that you are who you say you are. People are saying, why are you doing this? Who are, who are you trying to be? Whatever you're doing in life, sometimes you have to create the evidence because sometimes you aren't that person yet. Your identity, who you are, is forged from your behaviors, from consistently doing things time and time again. And sometimes you don't have proof that that's who you are right now. Going to the gym once doesn't make you a gym goer. You know what I mean? To create an identity of someone who goes to the gym, you have to consistently do it time after time, put votes of confidence into yourself that that's who you are. But then that's when you have these thoughts, when you how to overcome the negative thoughts like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym this morning. I'm not, I'm not a gym person. Maybe I'm, I was never meant to be a gym person. You need to challenge your assumption. I haven't created this identity yet. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why it's hard because my ego is trying to protect me. It's trying to protect me from failure and disappointment. You need to start challenging that inner voice and that's what will guide your action. For me, when I start challenging why I'm having these thoughts, start to dig a little deeper. It has a massive role in looking at why I have these beliefs. I'll give you... um, There's something called the five whys technique. It was developed from Sakichi Toyoda, who founded Toyota. And he stated, by repeating why five times, the nature of the problem as well as its solution becomes clear. The five whys are used for drilling down into a problem and the five hows are used to develop the details of a solution. So for the why, if you start to question like that thought and you start to really dig in, you can actually uncover that limiting belief that you hold about yourself. So let's say you have that original thought, which is, I don't want to go to the gym today. And then you say, why? And then you might say, I'm tired. I don't feel like it. And they say, why are you tired? And then you start to dig further down to the problem. Oh, I went to bed late. And then you say like, why? And then you can really dig down into what is the problem. Um, and I think it's a powerful technique that just sort of allows you to not get stuck at that level of thinking. Because often we have a thought, we have this idea in our head, we have this image in our head of something and we get really stuck on it and we get really fixated. We need to challenge it. We need to dig deeper and find out what is driving that thought, what is driving that belief about ourselves. And like um, Toyota says, if you can really you know, question something five times, you're likely to come up with the solution. You're likely to come up with the exact nature of the problem. And I think that's powerful. So ask yourselves, when you have these negative thoughts, start to ask yourself these questions. One, what do I get from having negative thought patterns? What's the reward for me? Because often we almost just accept that, you know, it is a fact. It is, what, what is it benefiting you? We have all these negative beliefs and all these negative thoughts about ourselves. What is the benefit? There actually is no benefit. And a lot of the time I almost just used to just accept negative thoughts. So you really just need to create that sort of idea that, no, I'm not going to stand for that. I'm not going to stand for this inner talk that is negative all the time. Trust me, 
it's not a smooth journey. It's not a light switch because, like I said, a lot of us have these negative beliefs about ourselves and that's okay. We're trying to change the beliefs we hold about ourselves. But something we can control is our conscious mind. We can control our thinking. So that's what we have to do. That's where we have to put our attention to. We have to almost unwire these um, conditioned beliefs and thought patterns that we have about ourselves. We need to change the way we think enough times consistently and it becomes a habit. It becomes a way of thinking. Trust me, it's a skill that you develop. It's not something you're born with. So ask yourself, what do you get from these negative thought patterns? Often the answer is going to be, I feel worse about myself. I don't take the action I want to take. There isn't much reward for you. Sometimes the reward is like it's almost addicting to be that victim. And a lot of us, you know, have these negative beliefs about ourselves. Our body craves that order and certainty of who we are. So if we have these negative beliefs about ourselves, digging into negative thought patterns and really digging into that, the brain actually craves that because it's certainty and order. When you start to challenge um, the beliefs you hold about yourselves and these assumptions that you hold about yourself, there actually is a lot of uncertainty because the brain and the body, they don't know what, what you're trying to do because for a long time period of time, you haven't shown that that's who you are. So it's uncharted territory. So when you start trying to be positive and start trying to challenge your thinking, it's different. It's new. It's uncertain. So there is almost a craving to just feed into that negative thought pattern. So it takes a lot of conscious effort and energy to change that. It is hard, but the reward is incredible. You start to become a new person, have new beliefs about yourself. It's a big journey, but ask yourself that question. What do I actually get from having these negative thought patterns? Another question to ask yourself is, what do I lose by engaging in negative thoughts? What are the costs? And often, what are the costs? The costs are wasted time. You know, you lose your energy. You lose positive feelings about yourself. You lose so much. So there's nothing to really be gained from negative thoughts. The only thing you really gain is your your body's craving to feel certain about who it is. And often that certainty of who it is is not positive. It's not a positive version of who you are. And that's why it's so difficult because you have to fight this, your body's craving to be who, you, who it thinks it is. So you have to put your conscious energy to change your thoughts and change your thinking. Number three, what benefits... This isn't um, the third way. This is the third question to ask yourself. What benefits would I receive from engaging in positive thoughts? What costs are associated with thinking more positively? The benefits from engaging in more positive thoughts, you'd feel better about yourself, you'd take more action, you'd be less scared of things. What are the costs associated with thinking more positively? Like I will be honest, the costs are it is un- it is more uncertain. It is it takes a lot of energy to rewire your brain into positivity. But the upside of consistently doing that is incredible. You change who you are fundamentally over time. You change your thinking. You you sort of don't spiral into negativity. You don't buy into the emotional roller coaster of your thinking. The benefits are huge. Number four question to ask yourself is. What in my past made me think negatively? This is a great way to self-reflect and start to ask yourself the questions of, you know, why do I dig into these thoughts? Why do I really get bogged down into my negative thoughts? What makes it spiral? And this can really help uncover the cause. Like, like in the five wise technique, it's very similar. And number five, what will I do now? Now that I've almost uncovered the costs and benefits of thinking negatively and positively, what will I do with this information? Am I going to continue to buy into negative thoughts or am I going to try something different? Okay, let's dig into some of the um, 
techniques now, or actually as a part of thoughts and up facts, I want to go over some cognitive biases. These are some of the like cognitive distortions that we have, some of the brain, some of our ego's tricks on us and basically how we can outthink that. So um, one of the cognitive biases that we have is catastrophizing. This often involves magnifying or exaggerating the importance of negative events or outcomes. I'll give you an example of negative self-talk. If I don't get this job, my life is over. If this person doesn't date me, I'll be alone forever. Now, you may have experienced one of these thoughts where you have an original thought and it's probably not too harmless about something that's happened in your life. You have a negative thought, but then it really starts to spiral and then it ends up catastrophizing like this. And you say, if I don't achieve this, if I don't get this, something terrible is going to happen to me. We often exaggerate how bad it is. Now, the way I've overcome this for a lot of things that I've undertaken is I really ask this honest question with myself and you have to be so honest is what is the worst that could happen? Genuinely, because for a lot of us, it's not actually that bad at all. Sometimes it's fear of judgment. People are going to think negatively of us. People are going to think we're incapable, but you really need to match that up against the upside of what that is and say, is it worth it? Is it worth the risk? Is it worth putting myself out in there and being courageous? Is it worth it? And it is, and it always will be. So I think if you do that exercise properly, you, you, it'll take away a lot of the pressure that you put on yourself and the expectation from the situation. Um, and I also think another little strategy is you can ask people to give you another perspective. So your biases are often in the way of your thinking in your own life. So start to s- search for feedback, start to search for other people's perspective. I think that's an important way. Another cognitive bias is mind reading. We often assume we know what others are thinking, usually in a negative light. I'll give you an example. They're all probably laughing at me behind my back. They're all probably saying negative things about me and my podcast. I can't do this because they won't like it. I can't post this stuff because they're not going to think positively of me. Now, one of the best ways to overcome this, this is through action, is to just have the hard conversation because for a lot of us, we have these thoughts about important people in our lives like, oh, my partner will think this way or my mum or my dad will think this way. So often just having the hard conversation is the best way to overcome that because there's so much more transparency there. Instead of trying to almost fight this, this negative self-talk and fight these thoughts in your head, just have the conversation. That is a behaviour-oriented solution. But if you can't, do that you have to sort of understand that people's intentions for you are so good especially the ones who love you so often with mind reading we think negatively but you've got to understand that people care so much about you just think about how what you would be thinking in the same situation if the roles were reversed just flip the roles and what would you actually think if you were in the other person's shoes what advice would you be giving would your intentions be good Often we think people are thinking negatively because they often say things and we interpret it in a negative way, but it's only because they care about us that they say things. Sometimes the people who love us say things like our ego does because it's almost like protecting us. So I guess just don't buy into that because you've got to understand that people's intentions, your close ones, are so good for you. But the peop- even strangers, you've got to understand then, okay, they may be thinking negatively of me and it's none of your business then anyway. So that's the thing I tell myself. If I think, okay, this person's thinking negatively of me or they might be, I've been able to constantly say, you know what? One, does it really matter? 
Two, all judgment is self-judgment. So when people judge you, it's often because of their own internal weaknesses, some of their own insecurities. It's none of your business anyway. Um, and does it really matter? They're not someone close to me. They're not someone whose opinion I value and search for their feedback. So that's sort of a way I've constantly been telling myself that time after time. And it's really actually turned that dial down. That sort of fear of judgment from other people's opinions has gone down over time just by constantly doing that and telling myself that. Another cognitive bias is discounting the positive. So often we just exaggerate almost like the catastrophizing, the negatives, but we dismiss the positives and we don't weigh up you know, the positives versus the negatives. We have such a bias towards the negatives. So another way, similar thing is like, let's say you did well in a test and you start to say, oh, I only did well because the test was easy. I'm still not good enough anyway. We're so hard on ourselves when we achieve things. We're in this cycle of feeling bad about ourselves. So no matter how much we achieve, no matter how successful we are, no matter how many things go our way, we always find a way to discount the positives and never take credit for it. Because for some of us, when things go so well for us, when amazing things happen in our life, it's always because of an external reason. It's always because of circumstantial things, luck, that we got those things. But when negative things happen to us, we take all the blame. It's all our fault. It's all internal. It's because of us. A lot of us are like that. We discount the positives. It's so important that we start to reward ourselves for the steps we've taken. Foster that self-love. You know, Foster that sense of being proud of yourself. There's nothing wrong with being proud of yourself. I think there's such a culture of you know, we like to pull people down who give themselves love because people mis- misconstrue that for arrogance and it's such a toxic thing. Because often we're all so hard on ourselves and we don't give ourselves enough credit for the work we've done. So practice being proud of yourself for the small wins so it becomes a habit to pre- appreciate all your growth. That doesn't mean you get stuck in your wins and get complacent, but it does mean making that a routine that you reflect. You reflect on, okay, look, I've actually come pretty far and I'm proud of myself for that. I'm going to keep showing up for myself. If you never sort of reward yourself or tell yourself you're doing well it's going to be that treadmill you're going to be chasing after that your whole life because it is a habit to show up for yourself and appreciate yourself another cognitive bias is perfectionism so we set really unrealistic expectations and standards for ourselves so no matter what we achieve it's similar to the discounting the positive no matter how successful we are we always fall short if i can't do it perfectly there's no point in trying Perfectionism, I found, is just often an excuse to never do the work we know we should be doing. I used to do it all the time. Oh, I'm not going to start this because I'm, I'm, I'm just a perfectionist. There's nothing wrong with almost not being happy with a, a, a thing you're doing and you know constantly wanting to edit it and change it and improve it. Like my podcasting. Like I, I would never start a podcast if I was a perfectionist, right? Because what, what does that mean? I would... I'm, I'm almost chasing the perfect episode. I'm almost chasing the best way to interview people, the best way to structure solo podcasts. I'm continually trying to improve. But perfectionism's not about having one amazing episode. It's about that continual process of getting better and searching for better. Perfectionism is just a socially acceptable excuse as to why we never try to begin with. Because deep down, we're just scared of failing. We're scared of other people's judgment of us and our work and what that means for us. For me, I've redefined failure as not trying. Instead of not having a successful amount of downloads, instead of not pleasing other people, I just 
consider failure as not trying. I set myself process-oriented goals, two podcasts a week. I'm going to continually try, try to improve. I know that as I keep going, I'll get more confident. I'll learn little skills. I'll learn ways to do things better. So my perfectionism is process-driven. It's not outcome-driven because if you have outcome-driven perfectionism where you're trying to get this perfect outcome, you won't even start to begin with. Have a process-orientated perfectionism so you're constantly trying to improve and trust me, things will start to happen for you. Okay, let's dig into some more of the ways to overcome our negative thoughts. Now, this one I love. It's called the power of yet. So we often criticize ourselves. We often have very negative self-talk. Um, and we often say things sometimes like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have the skills. I'm not capable. I'm not strong. I'm not healthy. Whatever it is, we often say these like, final summaries of who we are, these conclusion-based things, like just these declarative sentences of who we are, like I'm not good enough, I'm not capable. But the power of yet is adding one word. It's adding one word. You know, if you don't make a football team, it's not I'm not good enough yet. It's I'm not good enough yet. Giving yourself a conditional allows you to improve. It's such a small thing, but it's a powerful way to not let your current circumstances define your current emotions. So many times I've been disappointed with the amount of downloads on my podcast. So many times I've been disappointed with the growth of my podcast. So many times I've been disappointed with sports things, things in my life, things in my relationship, my food, the way I look at myself, the way I feel about myself, I haven't been happy with. And instead of and I used to do this so much. I used to be so negative, so hard on myself, like, oh, I'm not good enough. This is always what's going to be. I just allowed a future state. I almost said, you know what? I'm not where I want to be, and that's okay. But I'm going to get there. I'm not good enough. I'm not who I want to be yet because I know I'm going to get there. I focused on the trajectory. I focused on those small steps. I focused on rewarding myself. It was this self-talk that I always gave myself when I ever encountered failure. Whenever I encountered something I wasn't happy with, I told myself, it's okay. It's not happening yet, but I'll get there. It's a powerful way to remind you that it's a forever journey. It's a constant journey of improvement. You aren't always going to, you're never going to have the perfect episode. You're never going to have, you're never going to have perfectionism. You're not going to be perfect. But a lot of us, that's the reason that we don't start. It's the reason that we don't embrace the discomfort of not having everything figured out. But I think adding the power of yet is just so, such a small but powerful thing that I tell myself constantly, constantly when I don't get what I want at the time. I just tell myself, you know what? It's going to come. I believe in it. I'm putting the steps in place. They will come. Such a powerful way to, to, to add a room for growth and allow yourself to get there. Next one, reframe the appraisal. We often put our attention to the negatives of the situations. And now this is similar to the um, discounting the positives, but it's slightly different. So we often focus on like why it won't work, why we aren't good enough, why the girl won't like me, why I have to keep doing what others think and fit their expectations. We often appraise the situation. We often come up with this summary of the situation, but we, start, we need to reframe it a little bit more. We need to put our attention slightly different, change the way we view it, change the way we look at it. Let's say we have a thought that is, this situation will never work out. Whatever it is, it's a business, it's a relationship, whatever it is, instead of focusing on why it won't work, shift your attention to potential solutions and opportunities. 
What are the positive aspects of this situation? How can I leverage them to achieve my goals? Because I think we get so obsessed with negatives and things that aren't going well. We get so caught up in why we aren't good or why we aren't good enough or the, the things that bring us down. Instead of you know amplifying our strengths and focusing on what we're good at and focusing on what we can master, we're so caught up in just trying to bring up that weakness. A lot of us aren't gifted at everything and there's nothing wrong with that. We don't have strength. For, for me creativity isn't one of my strengths i've done a lot of creative work in the last 12 months with this podcasting but it's not one of my you know inborn strengths one of my strengths is my logical brain my analytical brain so i've put my time into making that one of my strengths reading more continuing to do things that bring that as a real big a plus strength because i think a lot of us are just so caught up in the negatives like i'm not creative and we spend our whole life trying to bring this creativity up because we just have this fear of being bad at something we have this fear of just not being good good enough but i think we need to almost put our attention to what we're good at and run with that because i think that's way more likely to give you success and way more likely to make yourself feel good about yourself if you have these positives and that's what you're cultivating because a lot of us are gifted in certain ways a lot of us have these peculiarities these strengths whether it's this artwork we have or whether it's our writing music our voice, you know, the way we take pictures, you know, the way we can start a business, the way we can communicate. A lot of us have these natural born strengths because so much is contributed by genetics and our upbringing, yet we don't want to go with that. We want to spend all our time on what we're not good at. We spend our whole lives, you know, running away from what we're good at because we're, we're scared of what we're not good at. And putting my attention to my strengths and trying to really amplify that has been massive for these negative thoughts because... I just acknowledge that I'm not good at certain things and, I, and I'm okay with that and I'll put a little bit of time into developing them but I'm going to put most of my time into developing and mastering my strengths because that's what brings me the most joy and fulfillment because I think when you're actually really good at something and you have a passion for it, that's what brings you so much fulfillment and purpose. Not just spending all your time trying to be average at something. You know, it's okay to not be good at everything and that's something I've really had to learn. The best way to motivate yourself is putting your attention to the positives. There's so much uncertainty in whatever you're doing, whether it's a business project, whether it's starting a new diet and you don't know what it's going to look, the next steps are going to look like. When you take a risk, there's so much uncertainty. Sometimes we need to be pulled by something, pulled by the idea of something. So if you can focus on the positives, it can really help you get out of that current mode of thinking. So for me, I often future cast. So... If the podcast isn't going that well, I just think keep to the process and I almost imagine this is a thing I heard from Hormozy that really inspired me. It's like just imagine in one year's time, you're telling the story of who you are right now. You're telling the story of those moments you were grinding away. You didn't know when results were going to come. You didn't know, you didn't have things figured out, but almost imagine you're telling that story on a podcast in one year time about all that uncertainty you went through, all those difficulties, all those times you didn't have the proof, all those times you were questioning what you were doing. That is going to be something that you tell people in a year's time. And that's to me, that was so inspiring because I'd already done so much legwork. I'd already done so much hard work that that really inspired me to keep going. So I think if you get almost pulled by that idea, it's a really great way to motivate you. And some people get motivated by the negatives, like the fear of not, you know, not, you know, figuring out their lives or the fear of being 80 and, you know, being disappointed and having regrets. That's, that's another great way to motivate you. That's what started me onto this was, 
But for now, I get really pulled by that idea of who I'm going to be and what my life could look like. I really get inspired by that because it's almost reachable. And if you make it reachable, if you make it one year, you make it five years, you make it reachable. Um, or even if you need to bring it shorter, like two months, just think what, it's, what, what is it my body going to look like in two months if I commit to this? What am I going to be telling myself? Really start to future cast. And I think that's a massive way to get out of those negative thoughts because we get so caught up in the negativity in the moment. Like, oh, I'm not good enough. My body's not good enough. I don't like the way I look. It's just future cast that story. It's a great technique to get out of the situation and almost imagining and manifesting the positivity in the future. Next one. Timely reminders. Remind yourself of your why. I think we get so caught up in living our lives that we forget why we do certain things. You need to remind yourself of your why. Like, what is your purpose? What are you trying to do? We're often undertaking things, whether it's the gym, playing football, starting a podcast. We need to come back to why we're doing certain things because when there's uncertainty, when there's risk, negative thoughts are going to come to you. But if you can remind yourself of why you're doing it, I think that can really bring yourself and can ground you to why why you're doing it and what brings you that fulfillment and that almost counteracts the negativity because you're drawn and inspired by the positives similar to future casting it's you're inspired by the positives of what it's going to look like so for me I always tell myself that these hard times will pass I don't like to get caught up in the negative thoughts because for me I know that the emotions will go all these thoughts I'm having they often fade away but I often tell myself that I'm going to I'm going to remain I'm going to remain stronger and it's a way I get through hard times. And a quote I love from Hormozy again is he says, this is what hard feels like. And I tell myself that when things are tough, even when it's during a running session, even when it's during the gym, whenever I want to escape the pain, even when it's during my ice, ice baths in the morning, whenever it's doing this podcast and the listens aren't as high as I want it, I tell myself, this is what hard feels like. This is why most people give up. This is why I'm going to keep going because I'm trying to create this version of me that has strength. I want to create this version of me that is keeps going when I don't know when the outcomes are going to be. Because for a lot of us, we want to have these traits. Do you want to be a determined person? Do you want to be a strong individual? Do you want to have all of these characteristics, these admirable personal traits? For a lot of us, we want those things, but we're not willing to do the things that create that. If you want to create a determined mindset, the way to do that is to go through things that make you determined, to go through months and months of hard work in the gym is to go through years and years of doing a podcast when success doesn't come straight away. It's to do things when the results aren't coming and continuing to show up time after time, not knowing when it's going to come. That's how you forge determinism. That is how you forge a resilient mindset. It's not just by thinking that you have it. It's by creating it. It's showing up time after time. Remind yourself of your why. If you have the thought, I'll never get through this. Remind yourself, tough times are temporary. The resilience you're building is lasting. That's why one of my mottos for timeless mindset is creating a mindset to last a lifetime. You go through hard things and go to that episode. It's really um, links in really well here. That becomes part of your armory for your life. By focusing on your ability to endure and grow stronger, you find strength. You find it. I want all these... I want these personality traits you want these personality traits even think who do i want to be what are the values i want to have what are the traits i want to have and if you think okay what how would i actually get that if someone what is the cost of that so let's say you want to be 
You want to be knowledgeable. You want to be smart. Well, what am I going to have to do to get that? It's going to be having to do lots of reading. It's going to be having to do lots of study. And then when you start studying, you start having these thoughts like, what's the point? Remind yourself of your why. I want to be smart. I want to learn. This is my why. This is why I'm doing it to get what I'm wanting. And you can connect some of these things I've said. So future casts say in one year's time, this is going to be me telling the story of how I got to this level of knowledge is because I kept reading. I kept showing up for myself. So you can connect some of these things, but remind yourself of why you're doing it. No matter what it is, it's a great way to keep you motivated because that is what's going to drive you. Last two, self-compassion. I think a quote I really liked, I don't know who it's from, but it summarizes self-compassion really well. It says, self-compassion is simply giving the same kindness to ourselves that we would give to others and especially to people close to us. What would you say to your family member in the exact same situation? We all make mistakes. I keep making mistakes. You keep making mistakes. But if you have an emphasis on learning from them, reflecting on them, and ensuring you come back stronger and not allowing it to define you, you're going to be in a way better place because a lot of us get caught in the negativity, like the, the, the declarative, the definitive. Like we almost think that one moment defines us, one failure defines us. I, like I said, I redefine failure. It's not – failure to me is giving up. You did poor on a test. You played a poor game of footy. You did a poor podcast. Whatever it is, you, you missed a gym session. You, you cheated on your diet. No, no matter what mistake you make, it's all about showing up the next time and making the better choice. Because for a lot of us, we think failure is – and this is how most people define failure. Most people define failure – is as the mistake. The mistake is the failure. Learn from the mistake. I sort of like it to be slightly different. For me, to me, life's all about choices. That's all we get. We get choices and opportunities. So when we have these opportunities to make good choices, if we don't make the right choice, to me, that's not a failure. The failure is the next time we're given that opportunity. If we don't make the right choice, that is the failure because we haven't learned and we've dig into the negativity and we haven't responded in the right way. You might make two poor choices and that's okay. But the quicker you come back to that, the quicker you come back to making those good choices again, the quicker you're back to the trajectory. Because often one mistake doesn't define you, but often one, dis- one mistake changes our trajectory. Because often we're going in such a positive way. We're going up, we're improving, we're improving, we fail. And it's called abstinence violation effect. And it's related to addiction. And it's a similar concept where basically you make a mistake and then you start to have all these thoughts like, oh, I was always doomed to fail. This is, of course, I was going to cheat on my diet. Like I'm never going to be good enough. And then we just go down and down and down and that's it. That is why we you know, don't show up the next day and make the right choice. Redefine failure in your own head. It's about the next day you show up, you don't make the right choice. It's not about the here and now. Every single time you make a mistake, remind yourself of that. Be kind to yourself. It's okay. It's not going to define you. You're not a bad person for making a few bad choices. Encourage yourself. Inspire yourself. You have to be kind to yourself because like I said, 90% of self-talk is negative. If you're not being your own cheerleader, who is going to be? Trust me. There's so much negativity in the world. You need to foster that positivity within and surround yourself with it. So much negativity. Last one. Now, this one's slightly different. But it's stop trying to outthink a feeling problem. Now, I've, I've first five all about reframing, rethinking, 
There was a few little behavioral things like have a hard conversation, but most of them were about changing the way you think about a situation, adding a few words, adding a few reminders. But I think for um, a lot of us is we can't always use our thinking to overcome our negative thoughts. I think it's so important that we do take action and bring ourselves proof that counteracts the negative beliefs we hold about ourselves. Because I think our beliefs drive our thoughts a lot of the time, most of the time, pretty much maybe all the time. Example, if we feel fat and unhealthy, you know, we look in the mirror and we do not like who we are. You know, we're overweight, we're not proud of ourselves. Shouting affirmations in the mirror, it only has limited value because while we're saying those things, there's actually research that shows that those thoughts don't go down to the body. It doesn't pass the brainstem because the body, the body's shouting back, no, you're fat. So you're saying, I'm so worthy, I'm so healthy, I'm so fit, I'm so abundant. But your body's screaming back, no, you're fat, you're lazy, you're miserable. I know what choices you make every single day. I don't believe you. And it doesn't get further than that. So these affirmations don't have value if your actions don't align in some way. So if you can start to take action, if you can start to create proof, if you do a gym session and then you start to show affirmations or you're, you're making good choices, you're making improvements, and then you start to say it, your, your body starts to say, you know what, I sort of believe you. You know, you're starting to make better choices. Maybe this is who you are. Maybe you actually are changing who you are. Maybe I can, you know, believe what you're saying. And then these affirmations become valuable. They actually can help change who you are. But we can't always outthink it. You know, we can't always just change the way we appraise the situation. If we're feeling lazy, we're feeling fat, we're feeling whatever, make better choices. Eat a, eat a good meal, go to the gym, go for a run. As soon as you've done that, well, you've created more proof. You've created evidence. You might not be where you want to be yet. You might have negative thoughts, but then you deal with them after. But often, you elevate your mood, you elevate your energy. Doing exercise, doing hard things, it creates so much positivity within. And it's just a great way to reset the negative thinking because we get so caught, we spiral, we spiral down. We start with one negative thought and it spirals and it spirals. If you can just catch it and say, what? I can take action now to stop this. What action can I take to stop this? The goal is to change our choices, to put votes of confidence into ourselves enough times to create a new identity, to change the beliefs we hold about ourselves. These become the new habits we hold and then ultimately allows us to make better, healthier choices easier. <clears throat> Sorry, coughing there. Um, but that's the aim. So use all of those thinking things, all those thoughts along the way when you're making better choices because ultimately it is about making better choices. Negative thoughts are going to be such a, a habit. They're going, to show, they're going to pop their face in. It happens to me all the time, but it's all about how you respond to it. It's about how you talk to yourself, what actions you take after that, the little reminders that you give yourself to get through. And trust me, from the things I've learned, if you can consistently use thinking and rethink things and reframe it and be more positive and constantly do that, consistently do that time after time, you know, you're going to have your negative, you're going to have your down days, you're going to have your spirals where you, you lose it. But if you show up the next day, you show up a week later, you keep trying. All you've got to do is keep trying. Trust me, you'll get there. You'll find a way. Just keep being willing to learn and try new things, try new thoughts, see what works for you. It'll make a massive difference. And I know all of these ones I've talked about have made a massive difference to me. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. If you like this episode, I would really appreciate you rating the show five stars. Um, 
thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.